Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? As I told you earlier, I'm exhausted. You know, it's just uh, just how it is when you're building a business, right? You're exhausted. Man, what's got you exhausted, <laughs> Stevie Stacks? <laughs> well, okay. The first things would be work, then raising a family, a uh, crazy two-year-old, you know, that's just crazy. Well, you, you know, crazy. And uh, <laughs> and dealing with house issues and dealing with um, rentals. And then, and then we get to the Airbnb business, which <sighs> thankfully I have people helping me out with that, helping, you know, partners that are kicking ass for, for the business. But yeah, so it's a whole mix of things. And and running the business is just uh, hey you know most people I would like this before we jump into who we are what we are what episode this is most people have trouble just balancing regular life us you know hustlers out there we said oh regular life's pretty hard let's add a business to it <laughs> and see what happens <laughs> That's so so anyway so yeah so I'm not bragging that we're doing more than the regular folk regular people out there but we're doing more than the regular people out there and um this is episode 178 of your favorite airbnb vrbo home away lift turo we need some more turo guests podcast in the world coming at you from fort worth and arlington texas what it do man yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you on the tired thing man I, I just got back from a vacation so i know what you mean on the tired thing um <laughs> House issues, I'm going through that right now. So I got what two units that after these next guests, I actually got to shut them down for a while and get stuff fixed. Got a freaking AC leak at one of them that's making the floors stand up. And oh. then another one, um, what was it? We got a, uh, the, the, one of the TVs are broke. So I'm going to have to shut it down and I'm going to have to take replace the TV and then mount all the TVs that are in the room. So Man, I know what you mean, man. I know what you mean. So, <laughs> are those the Arkansas house? houses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, those oh, okay. are my only house. Well, I have one house. We have a Plano house as well. But yeah, that's the main ones giving me issues right now. But uh, other than that, man, everything else is good with the houses. We, ju- we just got uh, one of our apartment complexes. They changed management. So mm. we had to do the reintroduction of how we do business. So that it went pretty smoothly so far. It was a rough, shaky start. I was like, damn, man, I might have to start looking for somewhere else to go because they responded. But we ended up talking to them today. Um, so it went smoothly. So other than that, man, I, I understand you. It's a lot of stuff we run the business. So <laughs> that's one thing man that's one thing is the changing of the apartment complex management mm. you know and that uh, people really uh, don't really talk about that too much you know everybody's flexing out there but that could sink your ship man if you ain't prepared real quick real quick. And, and so how do you have it in your lease where they can't mess with you well we, we have it more or less well it's a lease right in this lease we actually screwed up because there's a lot of things we should have had in there that we didn't yeah. We had a lot of verbal confirmations. And mm. this is one thing people out here who are doing arbitrage, especially with like apartment complexes, make sure everything's in writing. Verbo, Airbnb, all that stuff's in writing. 
Um, but yeah, how we handled it, we just let them know, hey, this is how we were handling. This is who we are. This is how we're handling it with previous management. This is what we were doing. And they were like, oh, okay. So they kind of found ways that they couldn't do as previous management could do it. Like with parking stickers, they're like, hey, we can't drop off parking stickers, but your guests can come here and pick up the parking stickers. I was like, okay. So it's certain changes you have to make. Um, and that, that, that really brings me to another thing about arbitraging of why opposed to buying, it's not, it's always, it's not always better because let's say apartment complex changes management and they don't want you in there. That's now you gotta, you know, like you said, it can sink the ship. You gotta get up and go find some more units. Um, in our case, it didn't, but at the same time, I do realize now it's more, you really don't control if you're doing arbitrage with apartments, you really don't control anything. If it's, let's say it is in the lease, they can choose not to renew you in a year or six months or however long it's mm. left on that lease. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can choose to be like, eh, we don't really want to renew you unless you have something to lease to protect you. So you just really have to make sure your lease is strong at the end of the day. But one thing I do want to probably hop into if I do apartments again is making sure I have equity in a deal. So like maybe if I syndicate a deal, if I work with a syndicator or something like that, where I put loads of money up front or something, and then I also can short-term rent some of the units, that's kind of the situation I probably want to be in if I go back to apartments. Because right now I'm going for all houses. Oh, that's interesting. Like like a new apartment build kind of thing or a new renovated place where there <clears throat> a group of people are putting the money together in a syndication mm-hmm. to buy something. You want to be part of that group that's buying it. So you'll have equity in the place. You have actual say. Yeah. And and yeah, and you you might even convince them to let you run a few of the units too while you're yeah. while you're at it. Yeah, I've yeah I've talked about that before, man. I I think that's a that's a strong play, man. If it, let me know, so I I'd invest in, in the syndication too if we can For get real. some some of our own units, you know. Check but it out. That, Someone who came to our meetup does it. Really? Yeah, Which one? They're doing it. They're Who's doing, that? Uh, um. I don't have his name off the top of my head. I'll have to shoot it to you. But what he's doing is, um, and it's funny, small world. My coworker knew him and she's like, and she knows I do real estate. She's like, Hey, Mikey, you should look in these syndication deals. His name's Jonathan. And I was like, okay, I'll look into him. And she, she kept sending, she sent, sent it to me. Cause she'd asked me, Hey, if this, you know, would you invest in one of these or whatever? And then she finally said, Hey, this is the guy who does it. And I was like, hey, let me have a sit down with him. I had to sit down with him. We had a Zoom call. And he was like, yeah, Micah, when she said she worked with you, I was like, you, you. And then I was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, I came to your meetup. You and Steve's meetup up there, Boston's Pizza. I was like, <laughs> oh, dang. And he goes, yeah. So what he did was he was like, you know, he came to the short-term rental meetup. But what he did was he everything he learned from short-term rentals, he used it to turn into a syndicator. Mm-hmm. So instead of going up and doing the arbitrage thing, he went and got a group of investors and started syndicating this, the whole apartment complexes, getting the apartment complexes. He has full control. Then he can Airbnb however many units he wants. They just did, I think, an eight-unit deal up right near in the um, entertainment district. And he syndicated it. In Arlington. Yep. All the units are short-term. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, we killing. need to get with him. We need to get with him. Yeah. <laughs> so I was He's like, dang, man, that's a... Or, or get with what I wanted to do is get with this knowledge of how he does it. I just need to know the syndication knowledge because yeah. you know, remember if you come in under him, he's doing the short term rental thing. You just get your monthly payouts, which is cool. But yeah, that that man, that, that's that's it was a pretty dope move. But yeah, that, that's kind of the route I want to go if I go back into apartments. I want to have. 
you know, I used to listen to a, a podcast called uh, the best um, the best syndication podcast ever, or the best mm-hmm. something podcast. It was I screw up the name. I'll, I'll look it up later. But it's just um, but it's just about syndicating, and mostly about syndicating, right? So the guy on there is a huge syndicator. And he just, you know, he, he talks to other big syndicators and he's been on bigger pockets. He's 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 hosted there. He's been at their um, their big events and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, man, I'm gonna look it up. I'll let you know the best the best real estate show ever. So, I don't know. It's something like that. But he does big syndication deals. And he's been doing this before Grant Cardone, you know, because Grant Cardone used to be just, oh, no, I don't believe in syndication. And then he turned and like, wait a minute, I got a strong, powerful name. I'm going to syndicate like a mug. <laughs> and so, it, so it, it, it is a beautiful whenever he describes it. I like how Grant Cardone gets on his little, you know, whiteboard and starts writing about, you know, this is, this is how we do. I find the deal. Everybody's going to get a five or six percent payout you know what is that shit but um you'll have a piece of the deal then we'll go in there fix it refinance get everybody you know um, their money back which you know who knows if that that happens but he goes i just take my little 10 million over here so he gets a 10 million dollar cut just for putting the deal together he ain't got to put a dime into the deal he just goes and finds the properties gets the investors you know gets it gets the ball moving gets it gets it um you know, fixed up and rented out and what his team does for him, which is he's genius. He's a freaking genius. And (laughs) he takes, he takes a $10 million cut for himself. You know, when they, when they do cash out of the deal and he didn't put one penny in the (laughs) money. It's like syndication is the way to go, man. Plus he keeps equity in the deal too. So he keeps a chunk of equity and he gets $10 million payout for doing all the work, you know, all the work. And then everybody gets there. You know, we had a guest on the show. talked about he was invested in a Grant Cardone deal. And he's like, man, 5%, you know, (laughs) it's like I get more of the stock market. And, uh, (laughs) but anyways, I was like, man, that's a sweet deal. And then then if you add that to short-term rentals and just, it's like throwing gas on the fire, man, it's crazy. Lighten it up, dude. But yeah, man. And you know, because I'll go. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, because yeah, because at the end of the day, man, I, I I wanted to talk about this. Do you feel apartment arbitraging is dying? Mm, that's a good question. Um, we're still making money on it. I mean, we're still doing doing all right. I I, I think uh, here's the thing. I think a, a, a smart um, a smart host or smart Airbnb or smart short-term rental manager, whatever, would would like want to get away from it after a while because you know it's cool. You know, you make a little money, but you have to go buy all this freaking furniture, right? And then you have to go, and when no, no, no one else is doing it, yeah, sweet, you make a hand over fist money. But you know, you go buy all this furniture, put this thing together, try to get a long lease. Some places, oh, all we do is twelve months. So you got this place for 12 months, you put five to 10 grand of furniture in it, you know, and then you hope to pull a profit within that 12 months of what, you know, anywhere from there can be slow months and big months given anywhere from 500 to a thousand or more. But let's just say you made a thousand bucks every single month. Right. Mm-hmm. And you pay 10,000 for furniture. And after that year, wow, you just bought some used furniture. You know, you just <laughs> you just made enough money to buy that used furniture. And um, and then if you re-signed, your your rent goes up. You know, it's it's kind of like I think if you're if we if you're in it for a while, then you start seeing, man, I do need to do some equity plays because I mean it's a great way to generate. Maybe maybe it's a good way to generate some income, and if you do it correctly, and and but like I mean like like Federico points out, he's like, man, there's so many 
places in Dallas that are doing $60 a night, man. You know, these places, they're charging they're 60 bucks a night. How do we compete with that? I was like, well, I don't know. Hopefully they won't be around very long because they're running a shitty business. But <laughs> but I mean, it's it, it does it does eat into our profits a little bit. And but I just think I think, yeah, it's it's a good way to start. Get your feet wet, learn the business, you know, do some arbitraging before you buy a house and then throw all your money into it and then do an and do Airbnb and fail. And then you're like, oh, screw this. But it's a good way to start and learn the business. And then, you know, you can become a host after that. And that's a little bit less. That's a little bit less um, uh, risk. You don't have to buy all the furniture and you just uh, you just make the money. And um, but I think it's it's a good it's a good stepping stone to actually, um, you know, buying properties and doing and doing it and, and getting equity. Yeah, I've been. I've noticed a lot of people are shifting, not really from apartment arbitraging, but more or less to houses. Because I know I've shifted to houses, and I noticed other people are starting to shift to houses as well. Um, and but but a lot of people. But thing I noticed, like people who are shifting from apartments to houses, like doing houses to arbitrage them. Um, I think they're gonna tap pretty quick, and the reason why I kind of think that is because. If you're doing houses, like arbitraging houses is cool, but I think when you start stepping into the house game, you now have to kind of learn the real estate game because I don't think it's worth going up. Let's say you're talking to an owner, right? And he says no to arbitrage and you just walk off. But let's say you could ask that dude if he wanted to sell his house and he said, yeah, and he probably had, let's say he had $100,000 worth of equity and you're leaving it on the table. Because I've been talking to people like people who arbitrage houses who don't really understand real estate and just kind of think if they say no to arbitrage, then the deal's over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, man, you know, and I, and I was listening to Bigger Pockets again. This, this dude, he was a broker. And he goes, when I talk to a, a seller, I tell him, hey, I want to buy your house, but I, I want to make money off your house. So if you don't like the number I'm going to give you, how about I help you sell your house? He goes, my whole goal is to put them in a corner where they can't say no to me. I can always make money out the deal. And I think mm-hmm. that's where the arbitrage thing is like, I think people need to realize it's just a tool on the tool belt. Mm. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's it is a tool, and um, that you're right about that. You know, there's a, most people stop at just the one question: Can mm-hmm. I, you know, can I arbitrage your house? And like, uh, no. Okay. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Exactly. It's like it's like I was gonna grow at a bar. You you want to dance? No, okay. I mean, you gotta hey, you know, talk to her a little, <laughs> butter her up. Yeah. Um, want a drink? Yeah, <laughs> uh, depends on how much you know. You said was it was it uh, over there in Arlington that place the fifty nine cent drinks on Fridays special whatever? Man, we were all big ballers back then. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, big bet Joe's big bamboo. Anyways, um, no, no, I. I I understand where you're coming and it's fun and it's funny you should mention the about purchasing mm-hmm. you know some 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 happened that like at, at work actually i was at the tool crib and um <laughs> at the tool crib yeah we hand out we get we you know we issue out tools and stuff to the mechanics so the mechanics come in there you know i work at different spots but that's one of our spots so this mechanic comes in there with his buddy and they're gonna check out some tools and he's like man he goes he goes I'm finally getting getting those assholes out of my place. You know, they were there six months without paying a dime of rent. And it goes, and now on the way out, finally their lease was up. And then we, we got them out of there because the stupid uh, moratorium and, and, um, and then they go and bust holes all in the walls. And then they, 
they, they threw pennies down the garbage disposal. They did they did all this, you know, stuff go on the way out. I mean, oh, well, you know, thanks for the six free months of rent. <laughs> You're not going to destroy your place on the way out. Wow. And so and so he's just talking to his buddies. Like, wow, man, that's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to patch. I'm going to fix everything back up and then I'm just going to sell it and get rid of it. I'm tired of it. And I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? As I, like, you know, you selling your house? He goes, yeah, yeah, well, I'm selling this blah, blah, blah. So, oh, cool. You know, I, you know, I'm looking for a, a rental property. It's, you know, he has the right place, right time. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> looking for a rental property. He's like, oh, well, yeah, if you want to come check it out, blah, blah. But wait till I, you know, he's old school, old school white duties. I, I got to fix everything for it. I don't want to show someone how, you know, right now how it is, but I'll, I need to fix everything. And um, then you can come check it out, blah, blah. So, all right, cool. So, so what, what is it? So, oh, it's a, a three bedroom, two bath townhome, townhouse. He goes, oh, okay. And we're just talking to him back and forth about it. I said, like, oh, by the way, did you think you have a, you know, a price in mind? He goes, ah, I don't know, 95000 is here <laughs> and i was like yeah i'll go check it out i didn't get too excited you know i was like yeah. oh man so I'll, I'll go check it out see how it looks and uh this is a big it's like almost 1500 square foot townhouse you know for and um and he you know he fixed everything patched it up bathroom looks good put, he put new mirrors new lighting and i mean he didn't have to do all that it's still a good price without him fixing it all up but yeah. i was like oh shit if he wants to yeah go for go right ahead <laughs> and so <laughs> shampooed the carpets he did all the i mean it looks nice it looks nice yeah. and um so and so yeah you think that you know what do you think the price is fair i was like well you know i was like i don't know would you take 90 you know i always you know you always ask right you're like, ah, it's too low blah blah back and forth he goes i could do 92.5 like, just like asking you just just yeah you yeah. got it i got another couple grand knocked off and um so i went ahead and you know we, we got the the we're in the process of buying it and so it's just right. like, yeah, always put your, you know, don't be afraid to ask, right? How much is it worth? You know, I've seen, I've seen them sell two bedroom, two baths around there for like 120. Oh, man. So I got some equity. I got some equity day one. You ain't got to, you ain't got to do no work to it. No, no. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't have a washer dryer and or connections. That's like, you know, it's not a huge deal, but I th there's a place where I can I can put a stackable, you know, and then yeah. and have someone run some run some plumbing connections, you know, plumbing in there, and so that's no big deal. But that's the only thing that's really lacking, and but everything else works great. I mean, it looks great. It's you know, like I said, it's big, it's big, and he, you know, it, and it's in an area. Okay, let's say eight twenty and thirty, right, close to the Channel Eleven Tower. It's a little bit, you know, yeah, not you the best, not the best never. <laughs> But the, you right past yeah eight twenty and thirty yeah you, you I'm in the hood but the price so good you close to the like yeah you in East Fort Worth yeah yeah, yeah. almost Arlington it's like Randall Mills are yeah, right yeah you you East so almost town. Arlington I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a hey tool in the tool belt I'm gonna go get that Section Eight certified you know just to check that out facts and, um and get that guaranteed government money you know and um. <laughs> And so, yeah, I'm excited about it, man. So just like being in the right place, right? There. It's not about that. It's just like putting your ears out there, hearing opportunities and be able to talk to people. You know, that's it. And that gets you a lot of deals. Right? It, it does. It, I'm, I'm reading the book Surge and he talks about luck at the beginning of the book. He goes, man, things are a little bit of luck, but it's a little bit of timing of like what you've set yourself up and prepared yourself for. And that's what you did. You had already prepared yourself 
in the real estate game, knowledgeable in the real estate game. He's talking about a problem on his hands. You're solving his problem. It wasn't really luck. It was a little bit of luck and being at the right place. Luck and time. That's all it is, man. So, yeah, congratulations on that, man. Got you a place in the hood, man. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I got a funny-ass story, man, about like my, my place in the hood, around yeah. the corner from the hood. So Hood adjacent. <laughs> yeah, it's adjacent to the hood. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just had somebody check out long-term. They were through Airbnb. Um. And they were there for like a month, a month and a half, almost two months. Oh, damn. And so they checked out. We sent the message, hey, leave us a five-star view. Thank you for staying with us. We hadn't heard from them. We heard from them one time. And then after that, we didn't hear nothing from them. Mm. Um, and I didn't really check the cameras because I didn't get too many alerts, you know, the people in and out. So I didn't really check the cameras. So come to find out, she goes, um, oh, by the way, um, I left after staying a week. And I'm like, really? So you haven't been there the whole time? She hadn't been there. Um, she goes, no, I left her after staying a week. She goes, I felt really unsafe. Um, I'm the one who reported the shooting on the bet, which is around the corner. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I can't give you a refund. I mean, you're telling me, you know, it's just, it's been almost two months. I didn't know you ain't been there, you know. And, you know, Airbnb, after 28 nights, it turns into two payments. She paid both payments. So I'm like. Why wouldn't she say something? Yeah, I'm like, why didn't she say So, so I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Ain't nothing really I can do at this point. You know, if you reported a shooting what, two months ago. I mean, yeah, so I guess there was a shooting around the corner. She reported it, and then she said she felt unsafe safe and left. So. You're like, but did you die? Clearly <laughs> <laughs> So, like, you have places that are close to the hood. Yeah, you do get some stuff that, uh, you know, sometimes. Yeah. You know, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't Airbnb this one. I wouldn't. wouldn't. I just, I just see the no, no, I wouldn't. Air. It's not. I mean, like I said, I, I go there. I've took my family to that neighborhood. It's no big deal. It's, it's kind of like what I, thing, bro. yeah, it's kind of like what I grew up in a little bit. It's no big deal, but I can see how you know someone <laughs> nice. who's not from the area. Exactly. I was. I don't know how to else to put. So this uh, that brings me to another thing that happened. Uh, we had a white uh, dude, uh, Karen, uh, uh, a dude Karen. What do you call? Him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a kin. I don't know what you call him. But, <laughs> kin. but he um he came. He, he stayed at one of our places over off Bennett in Dallas, right? Okay. And uh, and so um and you know Bennett you know Dallas yeah. Dallas is you know one streets you know hood one streets mansions it's just that's how it is that's really so, yeah. it's crazy and so um he started complaining when he got there he's like yeah you know you said this area is great but it's it's obviously you know it's unsafe area this and that and and he's like we need to work out something you know or I'll leave an, I'll have to leave my an honest review you know so well, we got him on this, that yeah we. Uh, on the messaging yeah i know we got it we got it we got it (laughs) go ahead and so yeah we have to work out something or i'll be forced to leave an honest review and and um so you know you know federico handles all the messaging and and what and and caro his his wife and so they're like you know you know what's wrong with the place what can we do yeah well this 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 you just naming off you know hoodish things And, and so and so um he left, like, I guess, Federico. He, he has it automated. So the next day, it leaves. Oh, hope you settled in good. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. And he goes, no, not really. Not not settled in good. Um, this area, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
we, we we're gonna have to work something out or I'll, you know said something i think he repeated himself like or i'll be forced to leave a, re- a honest review whatever and i was like i said federico let me answer this let me answer let me let me take this one <laughs> so, <laughs> so i said i said hey you know sorry you know you about what you're you know what you're have you know issues or whatever but um as you know, you know, well, Dallas is, you know, Dallas is a bit of a, um, it's an eclectic mix of different races and income and income levels, which kind of gives it its charm, but I can see how some people wouldn't like that. And, and then I put, <laughs> so I threw the, threw the race card thing in there a little bit. And then I, and then <laughs> which that automatically gets a, it gets a white dude a little, oh shit. And, um, no, <laughs> It's funny. I'm just being. We we're, we're, we keep it real on this show, yeah, Mike. We, we keep it a buck. Real. We love our white fans. We love all of our fans, but it's just we keeping it real. And um and so, anyways, and so I also put. So you keep alluding to this bad review. You're going to leave us if we don't fix the situation. Please let us know how we can fix the situation, mm-hmm. and, and we can move forward. And he never responded to that one, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, the last day he was there, I guess, you know, Feta has the automated thing. Thank you for your stay. You know, we hope you enjoyed your stay. And he put something like, I didn't and I won't come back. Good luck or something like that. And so he left the message right away. And and, and one thing, get get to these messages. It, it, is, it is funny. It, it drives Federico crazy to know someone he thinks doesn't didn't enjoy their stay. When they leave a message right away, he's like, oh, I got to see it. I got to see it. And I'm like. Just wait the 15 days, man. If if you feel it's a me a bad message, it's not gonna hit for 15 days, right? Or 14 mm-hmm. days, 15 days. So in the meantime, we can get another good review, another good review, another because we got all good reviews there. And so mm-hmm. so why do you want that bad message, that bad review to to hit right right away? If you review them right now, it's gonna it's gonna pop and we're gonna, you know, whatever, it's gonna ding us. But anyways, he was doing some ah, I got I gotta see, I gotta see, I gotta see. And he accidentally he said he accidentally hit enter and then his his message popped up and so he left us a you know this long paragraph this bad review kind of thing you know and it, it was quite it was quite i was laughing at it i thought it was pretty funny because it goes if it, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get to that um he said well you know they you know this place they say that it's a it's a great area and they must mean because it's close to dallas they downtown dallas but it's really if anything it's an it's a an area in transition and he's he's real political with his words right he goes so it's a little you know rough and this and that and and he goes and he started saying well, if, if marijuana smells or what you're looking for you'll love this place and he's <laughs> and he's and he goes if you love neighbors arguing in the middle of the night then you're gonna love this place and i don't know what neighbors he's talking about but um no one's ever complained like that you know it was it was very it's very poetic how he wrote his his, mm-hmm. his bad review and then he gave us um i think he gave us three stars which is wow he still gave us three stars that's pretty good but <laughs> anyways federico said no oh, no okay I'm, I'm gonna fight it i'm gonna fight it i'm gonna fight it because he was threatening us yeah. and, and so she he went in and he fought it he went to the spanish line which if you can, because I, I know the English line, we deal with, with the Filipinos and we love the Filipino VAs, but they're pretty hard nosed. They stick to the script. I guess he found him a real nice Spanish speaking one and she was like real understanding. And so he uh, they said, yeah, I'm going to don't worry. I'm going to check it out. I see where he did you know, kind of threaten you guys, blah, blah, blah. And like real quick, that same, you know, about an hour later, she goes, okay, I've got the review lifted and, you know, it's a bad review taken off, blah, blah, blah. And and the the best part is Federico still dinged him with the one star bad review. (laughs) Do not rent to this guy. (laughs) 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. Like, so that's why you got to keep everything in the app, man. Keep everything in the app. Keep it in the app. You heard it here on Live That Thrive. Keep it in the app. Keep it in the app. For real, man. Like, people get to threaten you with those reviews because somebody threatened us with a bad review over the phone a while ago. And I was like, damn, I shouldn't have even answered the phone. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, and guests are getting smarter. They get smarter. They they try to avoid going through the app. That's probably why he didn't respond, because they know you know that those messages are archi- messages are archived. So yeah, keep everything in the app. I don't even hell. I, I send such good directions. You shouldn't need to talk to me anyway. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, man, it, it, these reviews are nuts. These people are crazy with these reviews, man. And, and like, like we were saying, like when you. And that's the thing about Airbnb, man. Like when you host somebody, like if you're in a, you know, in a transitioning area, as he wants to call it, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to run into different type of people, you know, and if certain people, depending on your price, certain people might book who aren't used to those types of areas. And, you know, they, man, that's what I, I told Federico. I was like, mm-hmm. man, it said in this, in these particular apartments, it's weird because I, I, I prefer getting african-americans and mexicans in these places because they're cool with it they love the place they're not they don't complain about nothing they love it and then you know in other areas you know white people might be a better fit enough it's it's funny you know and people say oh racism doesn't exist come on i quit lying i'm just saying it just <laughs> some certain demographics don't complain about certain stuff other demographics do check it out it goes and it's a whole it's like the Lion King. It's the whole circle of life. I mean, honestly, if you look at it like this, there's certain neighborhoods like, OK, we just left the Airbnb in um, Orlando and it's a gated community. You know, ain't too many of us up in there. You know what I mean? So, you know, you walk in. This, it, it was a nice ass Airbnb. It's, 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 it was a lakefront property, right? Lakefront property, pool in the back. And then at, behind the pool is a lake. So, you know, it's a nice ass neighborhood. Nice, nice. You know, wasn't too many of us in there. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes, you know, so when you walk outside putting your bags in the car, you know, neighbors are kind of staring like, many you know blinds. what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 you know, so I mean, it, 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 it's true. Like there is certain times, there are certain times that, yeah, you do kind of cater to a specific type of guest because they're used to the area. And if you've, I've read this, I'm reading this book, Surge by Michael, I don't want to screw up his last name, but he, he, he talked it about this lady. I ended up adding this lady on LinkedIn. He says she ran a, this marketing business and it became a billion dollar business after she picked her targets of who she was targeting with mm, her business. I love it. Yeah. She, she said once she started targeting African-American women for her business, her business became a billion dollar business because she chose who she was targeting and she, she used that wave to keep on targeting because those were her top customers. That's what you have to do. And that's the thing that's tough with Airbnb. It's tough to do that because some people are looking for price and it doesn't matter that demographic, but sometimes that price don't fit that area that they're looking for. So they come in and they're like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, that's why I think direct bookings are important. Like a real strong website for direct bookings are important because then mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of weed that out because Airbnb is free for all. Everybody on there booking, looking at this place, booking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you do. You can't. It's hard to kind of t- cater to a target area, target customer on Airbnb, in my opinion. You, you know, and that brings me to something I, I'm, I'm considering this and I was going to run it by you, too, because um, you had told me before 
a while back about how how I, how black people run their businesses but they put a white face on you said they put a white face in the business oh that, we've been doing that Thank forever and, and exactly and, and even the the profile picture right you know mm-hmm. i was like but here's the thing i was like well i i kind of want to put an attractive black girl as the profile picture of of for the ones for bennett for over there in that area because that's the the that's the avatar i'm looking for because they they love the area they're cool with it they you know <laughs> they're my best uh-huh. guests i'm like and it's funny so i'm going like doing the opposite of what you were trying to do with with putting the the white face on you <laughs> on your business but i'm doing it for a purpose yeah doing it for a purpose and so and uh yeah i, I just thought we, that was we, and i know we talked about this on another episode i was telling you about my partner down in houston and he said he was having issues getting bad reviews because of where his place was located he goes if there was a certain type of people coming in certain type of person coming in he'd get a bad review if it was another type of person who was familiar with the area he wouldn't get their review so what he did was he went back into his profile he stripped away the profile and he put his picture up and he goes, ever since then, I get five star reviews. Nice. Nice. Because you, you choose who you're catering to at that point in time. And, it, and, you know, remember, I remember, remember when I used to do the home rentals out of my house, mm-hmm. I did it more of me because, you know, you're coming into my home now, but you know, mainly get black people booking the place, you know? Right. Right. So, I mean, it, 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 it's just how it is. You know, uh, people say profile pictures don't matter that shit has a huge fucking effect. That shit has a huge effect, bro. Like, I'm for real. Like, if you, in, in true, this is another thing. If you have upscale properties, you know how I did with mine. I put, you know, white girl up there. If you have the upscale properties, houses, that's what I do. Or it's perfect. Mm. Nice, so, nice. We, we get into the nitty gritty on this show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do, man. I mean, this shit other people probably ain't going to talk about because it probably never crosses their mind. But you know what I'm saying? Now here, now here's who else I was talking about over in that area of Dallas that are cool with it. Young, young dudes, young single dudes, they they they're cool with it too, and they like the area because you can go party around there. You know, it's yep. got a, close to a lot of cool stuff. And I was like, I was telling Federico, so we kind of know what our demographics are. You know, uh, young 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 dudes are cool with the area. You know, African Americans, Hispanics, and um, I was like, how do we cater to this? And the young dudes will they'll book for a long time. So they're they're very profitable. They'll book for a long, you know, long stretches because they'll do they'll come on, they'll do they'll work there for a little while, stuff like that. Yep. I was like, well, and we it brings us back to Maddie. Remember Maddie that was on our show with the scooter <laughs> with the scooters? I was like, well, let's let's just let's just think of it like that. Cause young dudes want to come here and they want to come hang out and party, have a good time. And they don't, you know, they're not causing any trouble at the place, whatever. They might bring some chicks back. That's cool if they're lucky. But <laughs> but but I was like, how about, you know, leave a scooter there for them to use to get around the town right there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff close by. And like a scooter, maybe, you know, stock the place in the bathroom with the little gentleman like stuff, you know, some smell good and some, I don't know, some things that are like, hey, look, you know, this is for to help you out on your journey, you know, leave some condoms there. And <laughs> Oh, man. Cater to your avatar, cater to the who you want staying at your places, right? Yeah. And then I think your business will flourish because of it. You, you showed with that with that lady making that million dollar, that billion dollar business. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. 
Dude, it, it's very much it is, man. Like, we sometimes don't want to go into the nitty-gritty of that, especially, like, being on Airbnb. You know, Airbnb is that free-for-all place, you know. And, mm. You know, and you know, honestly, Airbnb is a – it is a place for pictures, right? And most of those pictures, you know, that you sell pictures on Airbnb. That's all you're doing. You're selling pictures because they don't read shit. So the, what, the, what pictures are you showing? The pictures of inside of the unit and the picture of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, and, and it, it it plays a huge factor. So, I no, think, big, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I remember a long time ago, you kind of talked about that. You said, remember when you first started in Hearst, you said, I noticed when I had my picture up, mostly, mostly Hispanic families would book with you, right? I think that's what it was. Yeah, 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 it's big time. Yeah, we just had a picture of us on the beach, you know, mm-hmm. and mostly Hispanic families, you're right. And then, um, it, it, <laughs> and it went and veered from that, then, it, you know. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best reviews and stuff. But you know, Hispanic. Yeah. I guess the people. They say people feel comfortable with their own, right? They do. You know. I mean, we we yeah. America's a huge melting pot, but shit. Why you think that's a black <laughs> church and a white church? I mean, <laughs> y'all, y'all all the same people, right? But hey, you know? <laughs> a little more lively in the black church. <laughs> For real, <laughs> For real, man. Like, keep it a buck, you know. <laughs> Denzel Washington talks about. I mean. Yeah, Denzel, he talks about culture a lot. He goes, dude, it's just culture. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but on TV, they're so freaking paranoid because one word could ruin their career, the cancel culture, man. It's, it's real, man. Dude, man. They're canceling everybody. It's an interview on The Breakfast Club with the um, the locks. You know, I got five on it, the locks. They had a really good snippet about cancel culture, man. I don't want to get too political, but I'm going to just say this. Go watch it. Uh, Styles P dropped a really good bar about cancel culture. He goes, if you're with cancel culture, you can't be with council culture because what you're doing is you're taking money from somebody instead of counseling them to be a better person from the things that they've said. And I was like, man, that, that's 100. So, yeah, y'all go mm. check out that interview if y'all want to check it out. But, <laughs> yeah, the cancel culture shit's got to stop. Um <laughs> But yeah, what I've been doing because you said you just uh, closed on a house. I'm closing, making, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I've been making one offer on a house a day. Um, I've been listening to a lot of bigger pockets. You know, I'm working to you know get off that rat race hustle. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna just make one di- one offer a day on a house. I don't care if it's a shitty offer. Just see what I get, man. I've been getting a lot of feedback. So hopefully, I'll be closing on something here soon. Just nice, nice. In the Dallas area, Dallas Fort Worth area. Oh, no, no, I'm still in the Arkansas area. Um, if I do run across oh, Mansfield, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely pick something up. But it definitely has to be in a short-term rental friendly area. Mm. So then Arlington wouldn't work. Oh, it depends uh, if you're in that circle. Yeah, in that entertainment district for sure. <laughs> Get you one of them crack houses. Dude, man. And you know, they built, man, Arlington, man. I, I know the people who arbitrage out north arlington they're making so much good money man know, i told you i told you remember let's go have some that crack house remember <laughs> that was back when we first knew each other i said let's go half it was like a house right and it was in the circle too that's the lucky part there was that that it was a small little like shoot one one thousand square foot house remember yeah, three I'm two down to go half on the crack houses uh, yeah <laughs> cool you know that little strip right there before you get to chick-fil-a in arlington right yeah it's still the entertainment district, but you know, them little crack houses, I know they make some money. I don't know who owns them. I, I think we have an idea of who owns them. Um, but I noticed they all had Yale locks on them, but I'm like, dude, we could go in there and fix them little houses up, bro, and make a killing because they ain't putting no work into them. Mm. 
And then there's those three brand new houses, you know, with the uh, L-shaped houses with the garages. You know, they just built those over there. But, man, I really think, like, especially right now, football starting next weekend. Mm. They're making a killing. Yeah, but aren't you afraid of COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Man. That ain't stopping nobody. (laughs) Man, the rental trends are like the travel trends are crazy, crazy right now. Off the charts. Yeah. So, man. Yeah, definitely. I would buy something up there if I go ahead. No, speaking of like the people like here's the thing. Like I was, man, I mentioned that tool crib earlier. The old dudes like to watch the news all freaking day, right? The fucking news, and it's just if you listen to that, you're like, oh, we're all gonna die. We're all we're we're doomed. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. Anyways, I, I was that gets into your head. So I I was flipping channels and I saw like some they're playing football out in California. The you know the most liberal, the most shut it down state. Ever, you know they shut down everything forever for COVID, right? And so, but they're the stadiums are full, man, full of fans. So if Cali ain't shutting it down again i think we're pretty safe that they're not going to shut the whole country down again i don't think they will i don't think they shut down the country again um they're already expecting i think i was reading on linkedin article one the economy starting to bounce back well i don't it never really took a hit from what it sounds like but they're already expecting a 40 percent decline in the economy not due to there not being jobs due to people leaving their jobs so we're great already exodus. On, yeah, the we're in the great resignation as they're calling it. You know, I think we're just in a season where people are quitting their jobs, they're trying to work for themselves. So I can't see us, you know, and people are already struggling. Like Starbucks is like on a struggle down here. Like, have you ever seen these Starbucks lines? It's like now hiring, now hiring. <laughs> they ain't got they ain't got half the supplies up in there. It takes forever to get shit. Like I, I was um oh go ahead. Why do you think they brought so many Afghanis here, man? It's a lot of jobs to fill. We keep it real. Keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> Just, that's not why, but you know, that's a, that's a whole debacle. But hopefully, they start filling a lot of them jobs, and and they're letting the people the people are crossing the, the borders and droves. Droves. So hopefully, they get to fill some of them jobs. It's a lot of jobs out there. Not the best jobs. I, I wouldn't flip a burger again. But <laughs> well, well no, no, check it out though. All those jobs are offering incentives. McDonald's will pay you to go to college if you work there. They'll pay for your college. McDonald's will pay for the college. Dude, McDonald's will pay for your college. Walmart, McDonald's, all these jobs are offering all these extra incentives. Well, that's one good thing to come out of this then. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna step up their paying paying people game. I, I I wrote on Facebook if I was 18 and I knew McDonald's or Walmart would pay for my college. I would go apply for a job there, let them pay for my college, be a freshman in college, go get a kitty condo loan, buy a fourplex, stay in one, rent the other ones out, work there my four years of college, buy one quadplex every year, four years that you get free college, free living, you walk out of college with 16 doors, no debt. Hmm. That's nice. <laughs> you, I said, bro, you, you, man. Is the only the only problem with that buying a fourplex right now, making uh, Walmart wages? I don't, I don't know how you it's be able to do that. Loan. Yeah, but still, you gotta you gotta have income to be able to cover the you loan. Know, you can get somebody to pay it. What well, that's the good thing about Kitty Condo? You get somebody to pay it for you. They give you your money back on the next taxes. You pack cash back, cash out your guy you did who paid you to get it. You know, like a hard money thing. 
Mm-hmm. Very oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, getting sense. a quad, it might be hard to find. Just go to a different market. Hell, Walmart's every damn where. Quads in the hood. For real. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you get a quad in the hood, you rent out the other three of them and go get another one. Man, let's just say them quads making 300 a pop. Mm. You got 16 making 300 a month. Cash flow. You know, out of college, you can't beat that. I I think the youngsters' mindsets are changing because we didn't know any of that. I mean, I didn't know all that stuff growing up. I, I was like, I always dreamed of having two houses. That was like my dream. How do you know? One's a rental, one's this, and then it pays for both. That that's. But I didn't know how to get into it and anything like that. You know, they don't teach that in school. You have to go seek out the knowledge, right? And they do. Man, I got so many eighteen-year-olds that hit me up on bigger pockets. I'd be like, damn. Now it's changing. Yeah. That's good, and they're seeing that college is a joke, right? For the most part, unless you're in a specific field that you're going to go straight into work and then making good money. Yes. But honestly, bro, if you're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer, fuck college. In my opinion, not on that ain't a popular opinion, but I'm just being honest. If you ain't going to be a doctor or a lawyer, fuck college. Bro. <laughs> Seriously, like. Come on, man. And if your if your family wants pictures of you on the wall, go rent a nice you know college robe with the hat, and then hold in a fake degree. And there you go, you got the pictures. It's true. You didn't, you didn't have to pay a hundred thousand for them. That's a, or let me say this, or let's say you're going to be an engineer. If the tuition's free, cool. My biggest thing is quit going into debt for college. That that's like the worst debt you can get in, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, that, that's like. How are you a hundred thousand dollars in debt and make a hundred k a year? What? <laughs> the return on investment don't even make sense in that, bro. Like what? I'm talking about like like people getting like three hundred thousand in debt, man. It's ridiculous. And also, man, quit messing up your kids' credit out here, man. Let me tell you a story today. We were uh, we were we were. We were <laughs> <laughs> we were renting our house out. We're getting ready to rent one of our units out. Well, we ended up renting to it. And, uh, you know, it was this girl had like not bad credit, but questionable credit. You know, my threshold 700. If you ain't 700, I, then I get a little questionable. Mm. But it was, it was below that. It was a few, it was a little bit below that, but it was, wasn't too bad. So I started looking at it and I started looking. I'm like, man, she's got like these 90 days, haven't paid like these delinquent 90 days. And I, I, she sent me her ID. She sent the ID. We've been using a veil. Veil's the shit, by the way. And uh, we were using a veil. And a veil, when they you put your information, it pulls up everything. Um, so I noticed her credit history was 20 years in three months. I'm like, okay, damn, she got 20 years worth of credit. But then when she sent her ID, she was 26 years old. I'm like, oh, no. shit. Now I started looking. I said, let me do some research. Because the only reason I researched it, because I asked my mastermind group, I'm like, hey, man, y- y'all have any issues with people having bad credit? And they were like, some of them were like, yeah. Some were like, no. The other people were like, oh, what's the rental history? I'm like, the rental history is good, but there's like a lot of some few delinquencies on there. So I did some deep dive. I'm like, man, her parents or her guardians, man, been putting shit in their names since she was six years old. Oh, my. I always heard that story. Like, in the Dude. hood, they'd be ruined. <laughs> been putting light bills and shit in the kids' names. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I look because I'm like, hold on, because I, I like had to look at the ID. I'm like, ID says she was born in 94. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, 94. 
I'm like, hold on, you got 20 years and three months worth of credit? I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. And, I start, and then I start going back through. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, man, her parents did her dirty, man. <laughs> <laughs> man, white people put their kids on trade lines and, and uh, minorities put their kids on water bills. <laughs> That's messed up. Remember, yeah, I was like, We're keeping man. it too real today, Michael. We don't even have any drink. We, need, we don't have no. This is like a Friday show. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm for real, man. I just noticed it. And I was just like, damn, dude. I was like, I really want, I, I, I read it. I decided to rent to her. And I was like, man, I really want to reach out and be like, hey, man, I, I got some credit people that can get that shit yeah, off. You know get it saying? off of there, man. You don't need that on there. Yeah, man. I'm like, damn, man. I'm going to put, put a couch in your name from Rent a Center. Rent a Center. Oh, shit. But yeah, man. It's, uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, so that was one issue. I was like, damn, you know, but I'm happy I was able to rent to her and help her out. She was a traveling nurse. She just got a degree and stuff. So man, some of some of those traveling nurses, man. They, I mean, it's funny because they're, they're young and then they I, I you know, send the application and you pull it back, you're like, God dang, 800 credit score. <laughs> I was like, holy. I mean, they got some great, some of them got really great credit, and like the only loan. The only thing on there is like a car loan, you know, that's all they got on there. And they got like 800 credit. I just thought of it now when you were talking about, you know, parents, you know, ruining their kids credit. And I thought about, you know, well, the, the rich people put their kids on all the trade lines. So they'll have 800 credits soon as day one. They're 18 mm-hmm. years old with 800 credit. And um, and so I was thinking. Is there a way and I know I don't know if you is there a way. That you can, if you see some of these, you know, these people that we rent to for travel nurses stuff like this, spectacular credit. Just say something like, you know what? Hey, you want you want to save a hundred bucks a month on your rent? You might, you know, we there's this thing called trade lines. We could put some people on you. <laughs> it sounds weird. It sounds weird, right? And then, but no, it's not going to affect you at all. They can't use the card. It's just going to put their name on it. And then they're going to, you know, it's going to yeah. lift them up and you're going to get a hundred dollars a month off your rent. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, I do. It with, uh, I mean, I do it with Malachi. Yeah. I pay all the bills in here, man. I got him. On, I got his own credit card and he pays the bills. I put, I make, I put it on an automatic where he pays all the bills, the monthly household. And we just pay it off. In the month. How do you have him on a credit card? Just get a credit card and put him on it. All you need is a social security number. Even if he's six years old? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So he's already building his credit. Yeah. (laughs) I use his name. like We we literally just set this up probably a couple weeks ago. We have it under your, you have two names. You have yours and then his under it. No, his. It's just his. He has his own credit card. Yeah. What kind of credit card? Uh, That's a a kid. Wells Fargo Active Cash Card. And what I'm doing. Oh, is, okay. You put money on it. It's like a. Yeah. And I take okay. the 2%. What I can do is I take the 2% and I can either put it on the card or I can just take whatever cash back I get and I can just throw it into his 529 plan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And the 529 plan, what is that for? That's just basically a college fund. Like, but I thought you're like, against college. Like I said, <laughs> this will make it so his college is free. Okay. So by the you time know, he's 18, uh-huh. it'd be like it probably he might have well over six figures in there. Okay. So that that's the thing because uh, the, the other school of thought is like you know get a house for your kid and then buy the he so okay, he's got okay there you go you're you're yeah. set 
And then what but that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Why the money you're putting into the 529, wouldn't you rather put it into another rental? Would that be better? He already has a rental. So the rental, you could put it in a rental. But the rentals are free. We don't buy. I don't use money to buy real estate, right? I buy real estate with time. So he, he had a free rent. We bought for the, the house he has is $4,000 because we did a birth strategy on it. So then what we do is you rent it out every month. What you can do is take the cash flow from it every month, throw it into the 529 and then have it on a 15 year lease. So then yeah. when he leaves, when he's done with high school, he has a paid off house and a college fund. Then you say, what do you want to do? You want to go to college? Cool. It's free. You still have this house over here that's paid off. You want to start a business? Okay, you can either take from the 529 since you're 18. Uh, you might take a, I think you might take a tax hit on that. Don't quote me on that, y'all. Look it up. But then you also have this house over here paid off. You can refinance that, start a business. So you, okay. My thing's about giving the kid an option. Let's say the kid, give the kid an option, let him make the decision, whatever he wants to do with his life, and then just be there supported. You know what I mean? Because, mm. like, you know, me, I grew up in a household, college, 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 you know, and it's just like, yeah. You had to go. You had to go. Yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, shit. I dropped out of college like three or four times. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Oh wow! I got done. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm making make this money, but it's just like, yeah, it kills your time. Mm-hmm. Learn a bunch of useless stuff too while you're there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, but but college really does prep the people who can work a nine to five all the time. It preps them. It, you, you, th- those are the perfect candidates because you can sit there and learn a bunch of useless shit and just be comfortable with that. Like me, I'm just like, okay, I'm taking this math class for what purpose? You know, mm-hmm. uh, or or not, not 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 even math, just certain shit that you take, and it's just like, okay, what is this for? So, right, right. I guess I guess big corporations see it as it just weeds out the ones that that can't stick to something for four years, right? So they know at least they're getting a kid that can stick to something and complete complete something for four years. Whereas the ones that don't go, eh, they just, you know, you don't know. It could be a great candidate, could be a bad candidate, but they don't know for sure. So that's just pretty much it just it just weeds out the you know, the ones that can't stick to something. And you gotta think that's, about that's it. They, it. They're prepping you since you've been a been a kid. You go to what? You go to school from six in the morning to three three in the afternoon. Have one yeah. lunch, a recess, two breaks. They prepping you since you were a kid to go work for somebody. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I think about it because we always talk about it on the show the biggest, uh, the biggest drug in the world. What's the, the most addictive drug? A paycheck. And and I see, I see people who who like stay around at the job that just won't retire. They just won't retire because they just. Oh man, there's so much overtime right now. There's so much money, and they just stay there working doubles, doubles, doubles because it's just there. I'm like, you're gonna die here, man. This is your world. This, these walls, these gray walls at work is your world because you just it's that it's that drug. It's like, oh, they're giving us more of that drug. We got that overtime, you know. Instead of putting money to work for them, they're working even more for the money, and they're just 50, 60, 70 years old doing this crap. I mean, what, where's the end game? You just can't. Oh, I can't quit now because the insurance and this. I don't understand it, but I mean, like you said, they've been brainwashed even longer than we've been brainwashed, you know, yeah. and and it's 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 sad and it's it's just, you know, it's just but they 
there's just it's the hard hardest core drug there is. Yeah. I, I, so, I always quote that. I always quote that, man. Biggest yeah. drug is a paycheck, and it really is. <laughs> it really and is. so, but there's nothing there's nothing better than making money while you sleep. That's the that's the goal. Man, I was on vacation making money. I came back to my account. I was like, I love this. <laughs> oh, man. I love this. Oh, oh man. I got a question for you. One quick question for the end. How do you get housing leads fast? That's one of my issues I'm having right now. Housing leads fast as far as what? Buying them. Oh, buying, buying them. Holes. Like how you just found that house. That was just like I heard the dude talking. That's just out of the blue. You know, I heard this I guy want talking. Those do, 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 do. You want well, everybody I know at your work knows you're a real estate guy, right? Yeah. So that at least give you those, I would think. Yeah. Um, get on. I, are you... I should tell them tomorrow. Hey, y'all got any shithole houses? Hit me up. <laughs> I buy shitholes. I, I, I buy shitholes. We buy trap houses. Oh yeah, that was what's his name? Uh, what was his name? He yeah, he, he had those signs sitting out in Arlington, man. I buy trap houses. <laughs> Was a fan? Was a fan? Yeah, was that was insane, man. <laughs> I rolled it down. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh shit! Um, you're on. Uh, you're on all the wholesalers' lists. Yeah, man. But man, these wholesalers, man, they come with some shithole deals, man. Like, you know, I'm thinking too, because they get these shitholes under under contract, right? And then they got a they got this certain amount of time to to flip it. And, or you know, get rid of it, or it falls out of contract, right? And I, I'm just assuming a lot of these crack-looking houses don't sell because most of the people on there are looking. I know maybe someone buys them, whatever. But most of the, I think most of the people on these lists are like people that you and I like. Man, I gonna that's 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 a total gut job, this and that. And they want ninety-five thousand for it, or they want one hundred and twenty thousand for it. And it's just the numbers don't add up. So I, <clears throat> here's what I'm thinking: when those come across, and we just they don't look. They don't look, you know, interesting at all for us. We could follow up and try to find out who the owner is, right? And so when it does fall out of contract with them, who they're buying it for 50, they're trying to sell it for 100 to us, right? Then we can maybe get it for a price that makes sense for us when it falls out of their contract, if no one buys it. That's just that's just what I was thinking. I just had a situation like that. It's funny you said that. Um, it, it, can, it can be a little shady if, if it's done right. If, if it's done right, then it, it won't go there. Um, so I had a situation where I was about, you remember I told you I was about to buy a block, like these three houses on this block. I had them all locked up, ready to go. I had them all locked up. Um, the lady, remember I'm playing, remember I'm talking to a middleman. So I'm talking to a wholesaler who's then talking to the owner. Mm-hmm. the lady wouldn't let us into the house and stuff like that. Like I would have my appraisers go out. They would go out. We could get in just a lot of bullshit was going on. So eventually the wholesaler canceled the contract with the owner. So I'm like, okay. So I went and asked my people, I'm like, look, would it be dirty if I went back to the owner and, you know, tried to secure a deal. And so I have a friend, she's a wholesaler. We need to get her on the podcast. She knows a lot of shit. Um, she was she was the wholesaler. She was like, "Look, if the wholesaler dropped the ball, all they had to do was close the deal. If they dropped the ball, you have every right to go back to the owner. It's not on you." So I did. I went back to the owner. I still haven't heard back from the owner. So I, it definitely probably was an owner issue. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But just make sure the contract's canceled. That's yeah, that's what. what 
Yeah, that's what I meant. That's See, and, it's, I meant, it's, yeah. and it's hard to gauge when it's canceled. The only reason I knew is because she told me. Mm. And I had it in writing. She said, the can- we canceled the contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting, man. But I, I'm, that's all I could think of. Just get on every single wholesaler's list there is. But then, but man, you just got to find off market. Because that, that, like I said, I got lucky. That guy came in there talking about the house. He said, he didn't, he said, yeah, he'd give me a great deal. Like he did, I didn't even mention that part. He said, if we just, you know, don't use any agents or whatever, and we just, I'll give you a great deal on it. Otherwise, I'm going to put it on the market for whatever, 120. But if you just, you and I, you know, I'll save money selling it. I don't have to pay, pay any agent fees. And um, so it's great. I don't want them to put it on the market. I don't want it a bidding yeah, war, yeah. you know? So you got to get it. You got to get it off market. And so I, ah, man, just, just, that's a good, that's a good question. Just, just because even the, even the wholesale list, you're probably one of a thousand people on that wholesale right. list getting the emails. So you're, there's going to be a bidding war there. And you Dude, just got to, you got to, yeah. I was just in a bidding war, man. These people are paying some stupid, crazy prices on houses, man. I mean, I was bidding on this shithole about a week ago. I'm like, this thing's like two beds, one bath. It's but it's like right down the street. Like you could literally look at the hospital from where it is. I'm like, oh man, I'm about to load this place up with nurses, you know. <laughs> so I think my, my the most I was gonna pay for it was like thirty thousand, thirty four five. That must be Arkansas, people, right? Where's that? Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. And I, I think I posted it on Instagram. I posted it on Instagram. Man, these people start running that shit up to like sixty grand. I'm like, dude, that's the after repair value. What are you <laughs> doing, man? Crazy, yo. So I was just like, man, I think, and I don't know, like, and it's this certain area, and I'll tell, kind of give you a background to Arkansas. There's a certain area in Little Rock where you know Central High School is probably the most famous high school in, in the country, right? You know, this is the first uh, integrated high school, integrated school in the country. So what people do is to get their kids to go to be able to apply for the school. You know, you have people that live in the hood and you have people that live in the, they call it the Heights in, in Little Rock. If you live in the Heights, they know you got money. So these people who are in the Heights, they want their kids to go to this school that's in the hood. So what they do is they go buy the podunk houses and they turn the water on and they say, hey, they live over here in this area and they can live over there, of course. They want them to go to the hood? Why? Because it's 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 a very nice school. It's it's oh. a prestigious school. You know, it's okay. Central High School. Um, they want their kids to go to that school, but the school is very segregated. Like if you go to the school, on the top floor is like where all the AP classes are, and it's not like white kids in there <laughs> due to like you know for a, due to like discrimination <laughs> and shit. You know, you know Man. it happens. So mm-hmm. what they do is they go buy these podunk houses in the hood. They'll buy pay like sixty grand for them, right? They'll sit on them for four years, eight years, however many kids they, until their kids are done with high school. They either sell it to their neighbor who's up there, or what they'll do is, because they know the central high school area is so historic, they'll then go sell it for double of what it's worth to somebody oh, trying to come in. So it makes it like real crazy. Yeah, man, it's like a bunch of crazy shit going on. So you buy, you're trying to buy some central high school properties. <laughs> yeah, and this one was like, man, dude, I'm, I had, I, I'm actually, I, I put an offer in on one today. You know, and it's like right there by Central High School, and I'm trying to get into that area, and I'm trying to get in over by the hospitals. Like I had one where you could walk to the hospital. Mm. Like in all these houses right by the hospitals, like two bedroom houses, like two bed one bath, which that's perfect. Mm. You know, nice man. Yeah, they see. So you know your niche already. You know your opportunity zone. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
I guess that's my advice. Just tell everybody that you buy, you know, you buy houses and rent, you know, turn them into rentals and this and that. And you can close close quickly. It, it sounds it sounds all cliche, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you got yeah. some. I can close on it quickly. Um, but you got to have the money to back it up. Or you got to have the the means to back it up. You know, yeah. and and that's what I don't know. That's that's where I'm 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 trying to learn that subject too. Like in an Adam James game, you know, uh, guest on the show. And so I learned the subject too, and then try to get some, put some money together with some partners that we can move fast on a deal. If it's a deal, it's a deal, right? Yeah. Even if it's split two or three ways, it's still a deal. And See, um, the thing I love about subject two, you ain't got to come out of pocket. Right. Or slightly, or whatever you agree on with the, with the, with the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if, if you want to, if you want all the documents and stuff like go to Adam James website, website and get, um, uh, yeah, simplify, REI simplified dot co dot com dot co. And so, yeah, he has all the documents there. You can download and everything to, to start doing your subject too. And, and that's what, that's what uh, I, I'd like to learn. Like, like you said, no, no money out of pocket or a little bit of money out of pocket and you have control. It's, you, you know, your name's on the deed. They're still, you know, they're still on the mortgage, but that's that's a great and plus he turns them into airbnbs that's a fucking it's a beautiful thing man so so that's the thing just get tell everybody you know until they're freaking tired of hearing it that you that you do that that you buy houses and you close quick no agents blah blah blah, no agent fees and and just um yeah it'll it'll come to you it'll come to you yeah i gotta start doing that make sure everybody knows yeah, I have tell to do them. a Facebook uh, shout out or an Instagram shout out tonight just to <laughs> really push it out there. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's yeah, because I, I was like, man, I got to at least get one under my belt, you know, and re- get a refi done before you know, before that March twenty first hits. What happens then? Oh man, putting in the two weeks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really. and then the two weeks, man. I was like, you gotta go ahead and start really churn, churning it up, you know, because you know, you, 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 once you hit a point where your job's holding you back, like when it's costing you time and money, it's like, mm-hmm. mm, this is kind of tough, you know what I mean? It's kind of stuff sitting in there, so it's just like, you know, me and Mahogany have been talking about it because she's leaving before me because it's like. These jobs, man, they telling us to come back into these offices for what? That we've been working at home for a damn year. Y'all gonna keep up this old school shit? And I'm like, that's why it's a forty percent decline in uh, workers right now. That's man. why it's declining. People are like, man, hell no. <laughs> resignation. The great resignation. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If you want to read some cool articles, look Google that on. If you're over on LinkedIn, just type in the great resignation. It's some really very insightful articles they talk about everything airbnb toro it's some real good stuff which they gave the people a taste of freedom it's over man <laughs> i agree you know you, you gave people a taste of freedom you know it's true man you know people want to become their own boss now yeah well cool man one up 187 in the books uh, 178 yeah it's, it's not yet 187 <laughs> on the well, it's <laughs> one <laughs> <laughs> one seven eight and um great episode good connecting with you man and i'm glad yeah we're hustling we're hustling but there's a purpose to it we're trying to get that freedom facts and we're gonna get that freedom yours real quickly mine hopefully around the same time we'll see you coming man you got that fat 401k you better start taking out some 401k loans (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I've been watching this in the bigger pockets, man. There's people getting rich doing that shit, man. Yeah, I've used them before to get houses. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You it's, it's, you're your own bank, you know, pay yourself with interest to yourself. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Use that so, 401k loan to burr a house. That's what it is. You know, that's, that's funny, you know, and, and people have, and you've described it before, you know, the, the Dave Ramsey stuff where zero debt, don't pay anything, pay off your house. Everything is zero debt, whatever. Everything is zero debt. And, um, but like, which is, and you said that's, that works for like, big percentage of the population that can't you know that's that that's all their brain can you know can handle and and that's and has nothing wrong with that but you know like for example uh, a buddy of mine at work he, he's like he's pumping out the doubles you know he's in my age he's pumping out the double shifts boom 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 and i was like oh man you, you're working towards something he's like yeah he goes i, I just got it. our last big debt is that house i just gonna pay off the house boom 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 he's at the house in mansfield he said, "Yeah, we'll probably knock it out in the next two years. I just got to hit these doubles, boom, boom, boom." And and um, I'm like, okay, cool. And then and what happens after after you pay it off? Well, I don't know. I guess I guess I'll put the money in mutual funds or whatever. I'm like, okay. And so, so you have that big, you know, three hundred thousand dollars of equity sitting there. Yeah. So you never you don't want to you don't want to use it like to get some rentals or something like that. And he's like, well, no, then I'd have to put another mortgage on it. I'm like, okay. But you're, you're getting cheap money for almost free money at two or 3%. And then you're putting it into a property that's going to make you a 10% return plus build you equity there. As like, otherwise, it's just sitting there. I call it dead equity, dead money. This is what I do. Like, I only support people who want to pay off their primary house if, and this is a dude who, who taught me this and what he does and this is how he got got rich. If you're going to pay off your primary house on a very fast rate, I would use it to HELOC. So then now you have this huge ass home equity line of credit. Shit, man, the world's yours if you could do that. That's the only time I'm down with it. Like right now, I, I pulled a big ass HELOC. And the thing about a HELOC, you ain't paying on it. Until you use it. So you could use that thing to go buy a house. Let's say you do a burr. You refinance it. You put it right back. You put your HELOC right back. You're not, no, now you're back to zero payments until you go get another house. You can buy cash on assets. Like I'd be like, dude, okay, pay off the house or just use the HELOC right now. It's easier to make 10000 than it is to save 10000 Nice, 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 nice. And and I've heard and I've heard um I, I love that's powerful. But I've I've heard on on the use a HELOC or a cash out refi, I've heard like there it it in different situations one would work better, right? For example, like you said, you buy you buy the rental house with on the HELOC. The only thing is the HELOC interest would be you know five or six percent, right? Cool. That's what that's what I heard. It'd be about five or six percent. So you're gonna buy it. He said, if you're buying that, that house, you know, fix it up and flip it. HELOC's perfect for that situation. That's what I, that's what I heard, right? And I, I could be wrong. I could, but this is, a, this is a credible source. And they said, if you're buying it to, to fix it up, flip it, you pay off the HELOC right back. Yeah. What, what's 5% or 6% don't, don't mean nothing. But if you're buying it to be like a long-term rental for you, then it might be a cash-out refi. might be a better play because you're getting the money out at you know, 2 or 3%. Kind of. You have to be a ninja about it. So if you're going to do your HELOC, right? Mm -hmm. 
if you're doing a burst strategy, you're going to get it all back tax free. Then you pull it all that, pay off the HELOC. Now you have a house for free cash flowing you as a long term or as a short term. The only time I tell people to cash out refi is on rental properties because you are that assets already producing income. I would never cash out refi the home I live in because now I have to work something out to pay this off. It's debt on me. You see mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's a HELOC, I don't have to touch it. Like right now, I have a big ass HELOC on here. And that's why I'm looking for deals. So I can go do a burger, <laughs> pay the HELOC back, go get another one. And just I can just recycle the money. I can recycle, I'm basically recycling my equity. Mm. You know, you just have having trouble having trouble finding the properties. Yeah. So once I get the properties, um, I don't know if you follow Thatch Win on uh on Instagram. I've heard of him. Thatch Thatch dropped some good game. He was like only because he just talked about what you just talked about. He said, I would not use the HELOC to go and buy a property. Like some people go use a HELOC and go buy, like, hey, I'll put 20% down on this property. That's not a good idea. Or putting like 5% down on the property, unless the property needs hella work and you're working with like a hard money lender. You know what I mean? So then you can cash out refi at the end. Mm -hmm. So it it is, you got to be very strategic and I'm happy you brought that up because this is goes back to my original comment. If we're going to start looking into these houses, man, we got to really start looking at the real estate game. We got to look at the, there's a tool belt, right? You have a tool belt. The tool belt is real estate. Everything else is just tools on that belt. The subject to, the arbitrage, the short-term rentals, the, uh, the, 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 the creative finance, all that's just tools, the wholesaling, that's just tools on the belt. Mm-hmm. You have to start. If we really want to dive into this, we got to start knowing every single tool on that belt, mm-hmm. or at least knowing somebody that knows another tool on the belt we can learn from. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, the, these are very important tactics, very important tactics. Like, Because I've been telling everybody since the house has been going crazy right now, it was a great time to do a HELOC. Yeah, you could have probably got a hundred thousand. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Great show, man. So we could we could do a whole other show just on that. But man. yeah, yeah. For real, we could. <laughs> open up, up people's eyes and our eyes too. So yeah, so this is uh, Live Let Thrive episode one seventy eight in the books. Where can people find us, Mike? A man, find us on find us on IG. Follow us both, Mike Artist, Stephen Say Suarez, Live Let Thrive, and send us an email, Live Let Thrive at gmail.com. And remember to follow us, like, subscribe, all on YouTube. All our episodes are usually pretty uploaded pretty quick on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, and thank y'all for being listeners. Thank y'all for listening to us. And we hope we've been able to provide value. Nice. Live the drive out. We are out. <laughs> Later. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.